and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Chalkboard. I'm Katie, and this is a space where we aim to build community among faculty and educators, inspire innovation, and share new technology-based teaching strategies. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our episode three guest is not only a faculty member at Kwantlen Polytechnic University, but also a graduate of the program she currently teaches in. Heather Clark tells me about how she's using video and a blog to eliminate students crowding around one sewing machine demo and provide a resource that they can refer back to any time during their program. So we are here with Heather Clark from the Fashion and Technology program at KPU. She's actually been teaching there for the last five years and a graduate of that program as well currently working on her master's in education, in home economics education at UBC. Welcome. Thank you. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. It's now the afternoon, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness, time flies. (laughs) Especially when you're having fun. No kidding. Um, What I want to ask you first is tell me a little bit more about yourself and how you came to KPU. Let's, Let's learn a little bit more about your journey. Um, So going to school, I loved sewing. I've been sewing since I was six. Uh, My mom was nice enough to get me sewing young, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, So growing, graduating high school, I knew I wanted to pursue fashion education. And so I finished a year at Vancouver Community College Fashion Program. And then I transferred over to Kwantlen to finish up a degree. After that, I worked for a few years, one of which was in Toronto, and then I decided I wanted to go into education. So I spent some time doing prerequisites. I did my bachelor's of education for UBC in home ec, Mm -hmm. and then I taught for a year in South Surrey teaching home ec, which was a lot of fun. Grade eights are funny. (laughs) They're so funny. Um, Really entertaining. And I think maybe because it was only a year, I didn't lose that appreciation of silliness Um, and then through that an opening came available at Kwantlen and so I was actually encouraged by two of my now colleagues had I thought about post-secondary maybe I should think about it would I apply please apply Mm -hmm. Um, so I applied and that's that's been that which is great really neat so fashion and technology program tell me a little bit about the program and maybe the students that you you teach and that you interact with on a daily basis? Um, So the program is, I look at it as a very practical way of looking at fashion. We definitely graduate alumni and students who are able to get entry-level jobs and apply their skills in practical ways, that they know exactly what they can do with their skills They do, they go through pattern making, they go through sewing, they have design classes, they have computer courses where they look at things like the Adobe Creative Suites, Mm. Illustrator, Photoshop, InDesign. They are drafting patterns on the computer. We recently transferred over to a program called Optitex from a previous program that we used to call, work with named Gerber. Okay. Um, so that's been really interesting transition. Oh, I bet. <laughs> um, but we, we try to do a lot to prepare them for jobs post-graduation. In their third year, they do a practicum 
of 120 hours. So for the past few years, I've been involved in helping the students figure out where they want to go, where they might fit best, and then just celebrating when it, it all works out so well. Mm -hmm. Because it, it's so exciting once they start making comments of, oh, I see how I use those skills. I get it now. And the light bulbs start going off. I love it. And they yeah. maybe not necessarily can see that at the time during the course. But yes. Later on, when they're having that experiential learning, they that light bulb goes off and say, yeah. ah, I get it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, that's one of my favorite parts. And I, since working, starting at the university, I've been teaching first year production courses, which okay. are pattern drafting and sewing. And I typically like to end the year by taking the students to a locally based company okay. where they can see clothing at the retail level within Vancouver as well as the head office in Vancouver. Huh. So at the, and I have an amazing alumni that I work with named Serena Koo. She is fabulous. Uh, so we started off with her at Kit and Ace for the first few years there. Yeah. And then last year and then this year we've been, we followed her over to Herschel. Oh, wow. So then she gives the students a tour of the Herschel head office, talking to them about the different departments, what they do, and really just shows them how interconnected mm -hmm. everything is, which sometimes the students don't quite understand in their courses. And I think my favorite part of that field trip is just the light bulbs I going like off. I feel like you can actually see those light bulbs happening as students are making the connections. Oh, I bet. That's, that's incredible that you ha we have those connections within the community yeah. and that we can share those experiences with our students. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Um, so what I want to know is, tell me about, you've been working on some things the last year and, and it's to do with some utilizing some technology in your classroom. So tell me, first of all, what the, the obstacle or the barrier that you were facing in your classroom? And, and then we can get on to the solution or what you've used or what you've come up with to help um, figure this out and solve this problem. <laughs> um, that's a good way to put it, a good problem. Yeah. Um, which is what design is all about, is creatively problem solving. I love it. Um, so within our sewing classes, we do a number of sewing samples, sewing demos, showing people how to sew them. When I taught high school, it was the same type of thing, and as one of my practicum teachers said, when you've got all the students gathered around at the high school, you're looking at usually 25 to 30. Um, and she'd call it, the students would have to do theater seating. Mm. So you'd have the front row kneeling and then the back row would be standing <laughs> and some would be on chairs. And, um, and the, even at the post-secondary level, you need to sometimes get the same thing. You've got the instructor sitting at the machine, showing how to sew a certain type of something and the students are gathered around they're taking notes taking pictures some of them are taking their own videos but some of them aren't necessarily seeing everything that they need to see mm -hmm. to be able to understand what's going on mm -hmm. um, so through that myself and the other teachers who teach these types of courses have an annual meeting and we sort of talked about what are some of the solutions and what could we do. Mm -hmm. um, so over early summer, I guess sort of starting nearly a year ago now, then I sort of seized that and went, okay, how, I primarily teach the first year students who they're coming in with a range of experience. 
Some have been sewing for years. Some have only started sewing within the past few months or even the past few years. Um, some, but there's so much different experience within that classroom and not everybody has the same foundational skills. Mm. So then usually we start off with building those foundations, but then how do you show it in a clear way so that students understand what's going on to ensure that they're getting that foundation? Mm -hmm. um, so I spent some time thinking about that as well as thinking about what format I wanted to have the videos in because a key point for me was that I wanted students to have indefinite access. Mm. I wanted it open so that students in first year to fourth year could access it, as well as we have students within our product design program who sew, students within our tech apparel program who sew, and so I wanted to make sure that multiple students in different programs had access, mm -hmm. as well as I do a lot of outreach to high school teachers, and so I wanted to be able to give them resources if they want resources. So then with all that, then I sort of settled on doing a blog. Okay. Um, so through that, I've taken some background courses in WordPress through continuing education courses through Emily Carr. Okay. Um, so I decided on WordPress was my way to go. Mm -hmm. And then, so I've been doing a free blog through that. And then to do videos, I didn't quite know how I want to do videos mm -hmm. or what platform or format. Um, so within the Wilson School of Design, we use Vimeo mm -hmm. to show a lot of videos. So okay. I figured if we as a school are using it, why, why couldn't I as an individual for this blog to help sewing students use it, use Vimeo. So I've been using Vimeo mm -hmm. um, and the free account for that. So I've been sitting at my industrial sewing machine at home with my iPhone propped up on a teeny tiny little tripod and I had to ask my dad to help me attach a piece of wood so I could bring the <laughs> tripod back. I love it. Um, so I've got a photo of my, my setup, which I should send you. We can um, put that and, in the podcast notes. Yeah. Um, and so then I would, I'd be sitting there at the sewing machine. I set my phone on to record and then I'd sort of sew away and talk to it, trying to make sure I was mentioning all the points and then taking pictures throughout so that on the blog, when you look at it, I've got videos for a number of different sewing samples, as well as pictures that are accompanied by text instructions, so that if the student learns better by reading text and looking at pictures, they've got that. If the student learns better by videos, they've got that. And then usually as I'm sharing the link, I always preface it saying there's a reason why I teach sewing and not I'm not a videographer. Um, <laughs> so then they all sort of laugh at that and chuckle at that. And so I, I hope then they aren't too hard on me about the video quality because it isn't ideal. None of it's been edited. It's just me in front of a sewing machine. Sometimes at times I'll hit the little tripod and knock it over and then you hear me fussing in the background trying to stand it up and going, oh no! Uh, so that, that's quite entertaining. So hopefully they all sort of laugh when they get to those spots. <laughs> I think that really humanizes us in some way and it helps students be able to relate as well. And they, they see that and they, they can talk about, I find that when I do recordings and I, something goes wrong with my recorders, recordings or my screencast, 
or my husband comes home from in the middle when I'm doing a recording, they come to class and they tell me about that little incident <laughs> or they start laughing. And so we actually can build a relationship on, on those silly little um, intricacies or those things that um, happen that you don't even plan and you, you think it feels almost unprofessional, but at the same time, no, it actually hum humanizes us and helps us build a, a better relationship with our students, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Cool. It's fun. Well, and they, they all sort of laugh sometimes at certain things. And I go, okay, okay. Hopefully that engagement aspect then reminds them how to sew something like a lap zipper. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Maybe it won't. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love about some of the things that you were talking about is that you're not just thinking about um, the students um, that is in that specific class. They're they're there and that that's really important but you're thinking across yeah when they go to their second or third year that they can have access to that. So if they need to brush up on something which i think is an amazing idea and then you also mentioned that you support a lot of high school teachers as well and so creating these resources and it's amazing what you can do with an iphone and a mini tripod yeah. it's incredible what kind of you know basic technology that we consider today that you can do such, such an amazing thing mm -hmm. for uh, a number of people and a number of students and um, the accessibility piece of that, it, you're not just reaching those 22 students in that classroom. Yeah. Which is pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. It's, it's been fun. It's been fun. Not all the students always remember mm -hmm. that it's there. So then sometimes then I remind them that that resource is there for them to use and they go, oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Let me look at that. <laughs> uh, so that, that's always fun. And then especially also the students who don't know it's there. Mm -hmm. And then I say, I've done this. Look at this. You can use this. It's there for you. And then they're, they're just they're excited mm -hmm. to have another resource at their fingertips to use. And I also just want to put in a plug in for the universal design of learning when you're saying, uh, I have writing and instructions as well, and not just the video, which I think is a, a, an amazing thing for you to do as well, because you're you're trying to reach different types of learner, learners who have different learning strategies all in one, which I love too. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. So, so uh, you, we've really talked about all the successes. So moving forward, what are your plans for this? Tell me a little bit about that. Um, my. Plans are, I need more time. I need, I need to double myself so that I have enough time to do all of these videos and put up all these instructions and pictures and make them, make it so that I don't maybe have to preface so much to students that there is a reason why I teach sewing and mm -hmm. that I'm not, that that isn't necessarily my strong suit. Mm -hmm. um, and really stress that. I would love to take some time to maybe redo some of the more questionable videos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would love to take some time to format things to do more. Mm -hmm. I, mean, there's, I don't have everything on there that I would like to have. I'd love to have more sewing samples mm -hmm. and then once I've sort of got the majority of the sewing wrapped up, I'd love to start putting on some pattern drafting tutorials on there just to help students give them a little bit more I guess resources and help for certain things mm -hmm. um, so something that I've been doing 
because this past semester has been super busy, so I haven't had any time to film anything. Mm -hmm. um, but so I've been doing more pages of these are some other blogs that are out there. These are some other websites that are out there. These are some other resources. Mm -hmm. So that if students do go looking and try to find and see what else is out there and don't quite know where to start, I'm at least trying to give them a bit of a starting point mm -hmm. and letting them know what else is out there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's sort of, I need to find a new way to do videos. Okay. Um, my, my method of taking the video on my phone and then uploading to Google Drive and then uploading to Vimeo um, and then usually timing out on Vimeo because it's a free account yes. um, that I need to have a look at how to do that. So yep. Robin got me doing Kaltura, yes, which is exciting. So I need to do some more with that, which is exciting. Wonderful. Yes, Robin. We're going to shout out Robin right now. He's amazing from the Teaching and Learning Commons, and he's helped you start figuring out Kaltura Media space, mm -hmm. and that's something that KPU offers. So, so it's, it's, we can use it, everybody can use it, and I love that. I use it for a lot of screencasting when I'm um, teaching students about medication calculations so they can actually follow along and I record my voice as well and do some video as well and it's it's pretty intuitive so hopefully you can get that going for the summer uh, in your non-teaching and, and yeah. start getting some more videos up. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited but it, it's I think it's at the point where I just need to play with it mm -hmm. a little bit more so taking the time yeah. to actually play with it maybe getting Students are so good at some of this stuff, so I feel like I need to maybe nab a few students and sort of volunteer them <laughs> that, that I need some help and that this is what they are going to do for me, and then which really is doing something for themselves and their classmates as well. Yeah, I think they have the patience, especially if mm -hmm. if you're asking for help. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if this is this project working with you and helping this recording piece is going to help develop their skills and then also be sustainable and then for future students I think there's a lot of motivation there um, to, to help and, and make this um, a better quality higher quality and and gets a few more videos out I think it's really exciting yeah yeah it should be fun yeah it should be fun we'll see what happens <laughs> we'll see what happens yeah right so now. if you're gonna say give one piece of recommendation or advice that you're gonna Shout out to all our faculty or colleagues that, that are listening to this. What do you think you would tell them if they're looking into trying something new or they have a problem and they're going to try and solve it using some sort of technology? What do you think? Um, I, I really like my starting point that I, first of all, before sort of choosing what I want to do, I thought about what I wanted, who I want to have access to it okay. and how long. Um, because if it was just for a specific course and I was happy for the students to lose access to it, then I probably would have stuck with Moodle. Mm -hmm. um, but because I want that indefinite access and so many people being able to access it, that was why I chose the blog. Mm -hmm. um, so I think thinking about how that material is going to be used and selecting a technology platform and then just going with it. Uh, in hindsight, I probably spent too much time thinking about it mm -hmm. and trying to, and sort of going, oh, oh, but I want to look like this, and how do I do that, and sort of fussing about that when I just should have started going for it. Gotcha. Um, and that's ultimately what I ended up doing was I just 
went for it because mm -hmm. I really had no idea what I was doing or mm -hmm. how I was going to do it or the best way to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you really focused on that portion of that planning is, is actually understanding what kind of tool or what, what do you need, mm -hmm. first of all, taking some time at the beginning to think about what the needs are and then seeing what kind of technology is out there. And then once you pick it, just try it. Yeah. Students are okay with things that you mess up. I find that they have some patience, especially when you give a disclaimer, such yeah. as, I'm not a videographer, I'm a, this is why I'm a sewer. Yeah. I think that they respect that you have that ability and that skill and expertise in sewing, and you're trying to do something different to help um, the information or the course content become accessible in a different way, which I think is incredible. Yeah. Well, and I even wonder if sometimes then it, it makes it not so scary when they make a mistake. Oh to my. know that their instructors can make mistakes. Yes, I completely agree. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how it grows and shifts and changes and yeah. I'm excited to hear more about it and see how Kaltura fits in with that mm -hmm. because now you won't have to be waiting to upload different subscriptions or, <laughs> yeah. or you won't have to be waiting to upload your videos. Um, you'll be able to hopefully put them on the WordPress and are they going to hook you up with a, a WordPress pilot maybe? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Fingers I think crossed. I'm on a list. Okay, excellent because <laughs> yeah. you already know how to use WordPress which is excellent. So yeah. thank you so much Heather for coming and sharing. Uh, with us about your journey this last year because it's been quite a roller coaster and there's been a lot of time that you've put into it and I just want to recognize that you've jumped in with two feet and I really acknowledge that about your teaching practice. It's been fun. I've learned a lot. I love that. Uh, I feel like for me I want to be a lifelong learner and I think that's really important to role model to our students as well mm -hmm. because I think that's a huge valuable sustainable skill. Yeah. yeah. What I noticed about my conversation with Heather is that she has this consistent drive to make the learning experience for her students better. She may not have all the answers yet but she's taking it one step at a time and working to implement small changes with the help of technology to help improve the learning in her classroom. Thanks again for your time Heather. If you're interested in trying to make a change or improve your teaching approach, don't forget to reach out to the Teaching and Learning Commons at KPU. And again, if you're doing something in your classroom that you want to share with your colleagues on this podcast, please reach out as well and share the knowledge. Thanks again for listening.